dun, 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 boom, boom. <clears throat> Getting ready for the show. You got it on Wednesday. And you were psyched about it. Go and turn the volume up. These guys will talk about it. Hey, Jagoff. <laughs> yeah, you, turn around. Jagoff. <laughs> <laughs> this is Comic Geek Speak, episode 1676, The Best of Storytime with Uncle Sal, part one. Welcome to the show. I'm Brian Chrisman. I've been wanting to do one of these for quite a long time, a uh, compilation of some of the best bits uh, with our friend Sal Abenanti, a.k.a. Uncle Sal. Uh, we've had him on the show many times over the last 12 years, and he's always made me laugh and just a great, great guest. Of course, he's uh, perhaps better known as uh, Alex Ross's art agent. He's uh, uh, Sal's also an artist in his own right. Uh, and I, I also consider him our own sort of 21st century Mark Twain with his storytelling. Uh, so what you're going to hear next is a compilation of uh, Best Bitch from the first uh, two years of Sal's appearance on our show from 2005 to 2007. More or less in chronological order. It was really a treat to go back and listen to these and just hear our, our friendship progress with Sal. So I, I hope you enjoy them as much as I enjoyed listening to them, putting this together for you. A couple of quick things, of course. This episode is not suitable for work, so earmuffs. And you probably really shouldn't operate any heavy machinery. <laughs> listen to the episode here. So we'll start out with Sal's first appearance on our show back in episode 74 from November of 2005. Oh, 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 yes, and just, just one more thing. You know, and if I offend anybody, you know, too fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to actually get, uh, attempt to get this time, uh, Sal Abenanti on the phone. He's the creator and the artist on Atomica. And so for the last few minutes here, we're just going to quick talk to him about the book. Atomica and Mercury Comics are sponsoring this episode, mercurycomics.com, uh, where you can pick up... Um, any kind of news on Atomica and uh, release dates and trade release dates and things like that. And um, in this room, Brian, Jamie, and I have read it. Yep. They sent us the first four issues, and um, we all read it. And, Jamie, you said you liked it, yeah? Yeah, actually, I liked it a lot. I had I'd been looking at it on the shelf at our local shop. I just hadn't picked it up. I don't know why. And uh, Great. when I heard... When I heard they were going to, you know, sponsor us, and then they had sent us the first four, I was very, very happily sat down and read it, and uh, I'll, wait to, I'll wait to tell them. Cool. Yep. Hey, Sal. Yes. Hey, it's Peter. Peter, I'm sorry, man. No, I no, can't no. apologize enough to you guys. No problem. We're here at the end of the episode, and we just have, we have a few minutes, and we just, you know, want to just wrap a little bit about Atomica. Um. You said you're actually in the studio. You said you were up late last night. Man, it's like it's, it's like nothing but it's like you urinate coffee when you're working on these things. You know, <laughs> it's just I've been pulling all nighters since, you know, since I started this thing because it's it's it just works out to be the best time to get stuff done. You know, you don't have as many distractions and you got nobody to uh, talk to, and so you wind up living the life of a vampire. So yeah, I'm finishing up Atomica. Um, I'm getting going on number seven. There's a lot of big double-page spreads of uh, him destroying uh, Moscow. So, cool. It usually leads to like a lot of sleepless nights. <laughs> <laughs> um, we just were actually talking about reading the first four issues, and Jamie was talking about uh, what he's just giving his little review on it. Yeah, I was just saying how much I, I really did enjoy it. I told it. I said I'd 
been looking at these on the shelf at the comic shop. Just hadn't gotten a chance to pick them up. And you haven't bought them like everybody else, right? Yeah, but I, I, I will. I will say. No, I will, yeah. no, no, no. It's it's the truth. I was like, hey, I'll wait till they get into the fifty cent box. But uh, it's, it, it won't take long. You know, it, it's it's you know, it's one of those things nowadays with independent books nowadays. It's it's tough. You know, to get people to give new stuff a shot after sure. they've. You know, they've only got a certain amount of dough when they walk into a comic store. And, you know, you got to get your, you know, your main titles, the stuff that you're in there for. And to give people to give indie stuff a shot is, is like, you know, 99% of the battle. But I, I will tell you, I enjoyed all four of them. Uh, I, well, I appreciate now, it. I am now back working at our local store, so uh, I will start uh, pimping that as best I can. Oh, well, you know, and then getting getting retailers to, to buy into indie stuff is, is equally as hard because, you know, I mean, since Diamond changed their rules, you know, without getting too heavy into this stuff, if, you know, the comic owner buys them and, you, and he can't sell them, he's got to eat them. Yep. So, yeah, but our, our guy has all four issues on the shelf, and um, it got, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to issue number five. I'm going to pick it up, I, and I even think I'm going to either pick up the four issues or maybe just wait for the trade since you said there's going to be yeah. more stuff in the trade and pick that up. Um, well, now, since you guys are involved with the show, you know you get free copies, so I wouldn't, you know, I'm not going to tell you not to buy it, but I'll send them to you either way. So. Okay, well, that's, that's cool. Because so, we got the trade coming out. Okay. We've got, because we've left Speakeasy, which kind of, screwed up our schedule a little bit because we decided to go off on our own with Mercury Comics, which just basically means you do all the work instead of somebody telling you they're doing the work um, and not actually doing the work. But uh, it, it we're going to act, for some weird reason, we're going to have five and six both coming out in the month of November. I don't know how that worked itself out, but uh, I didn't actually draw two issues in a month. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then the trade's coming out, and Alex Ross was, was nice enough to to do the cover for me for the trade. Hopefully, you know, if people pick it up just for that. That's part of the reason you get them, but, you know, hopefully they'll read the thing. And that's what got me to look at the first one, that, that cover. Can you just give us, like, a quick overview? I mean, is it, you know, a quick, like, five-minute, not five-minute, but a, a couple-minute uh, overview of, this, of the uh, series? Well, it, it, it's basically, it started out of desperation more than anything. I mean, my style, my art style, just it's not mainstream enough. At least that's what I heard from 10,000 different editors who looked at my uh, portfolio like they were looking at a car wreck. And, um, you know, they just kept telling me my stuff was too European. It was too European. And I don't know what that means if I'm supposed to go. I mean, I live in Chicago. Does that mean I, I move to Europe to draw comics or do I just, you know, go back to the bar? Because I was a bartender for 12 years. And so I said, well, you know, I better just put my money where my mouth is and put up my own dough for it. And Atomica kind of just came about, you know, again, from the whole idea that, you know, it's um, Russia growing up in the 70s was the evil empire. So I wanted to do something kind of Kirby-esque of larger than life instead of just a, a regular guy in a costume, you know, jumping off a building or a, a Batman type of thing. I figured I would make it on a larger scale. And in a nutshell, he's the god of the 20th century. You know, um, I looked up a little Russian mythology and a, a lot of Russian history, and it was—it turned out to be um, worse than I thought. I mean, that what was going on over there. And so it's kind of Stalin made religion illegal, and he told the people that you know technology is your god. We, they created a god for the people. So that—I mean, I'm not a big Russian history guy, but that in mixture with my Growing up with Kirby and growing up with John Buscema and reading Thor and all that, I 
said, you know, let me, let me put something together here, and I didn't realize it was going to be taken so heavy by people. I've gotten some letters from, like, Russian professors, and I don't know what they're talking about, but it sounds... <laughs> are, 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 they, are they being nice, or is it... Uh, well, I get, I get the religious guys that are mad about the title, because it's God is Red, so I get a lot of hate mail about that, you know, and then I get a lot of guys that are, like, Russian history people that that write me and they read into it way more than they should <laughs> you know like are you a communist and why don't you move and you know wow. it's better if you got out of this country and they call me comrade and i'm like i'm like comrade i'm from the north side of chicago i don't know what the comrade part is but <laughs> I, I guess it's i guess it's good I mean, again, I don't know if they just type in God and then they get God is red on the computer and then they go, well, this guy's, you know, I get a lot of religious people mad at me, so. Wow. And then, hey, you know what? <laughs> I don't know, man. I was like, like, I just want to draw comics. That's all I tell them, you know. <laughs> you're doing something right if you're pissing people off. That's I guess. I mean, you know, I mean, it's, it's, there's a lot of free, there's a lot of liberty when you're, um, when you're basically completely screwed in terms of getting jobs in comics. You just figure, well, I got nothing to lose. So if I'm going to go down in flames, I may as well make it a strange book. So I didn't do it on purpose, but I guess that's that's how it worked out. So those are your influences, Jack Kirby and John Jack Bichette. Kirby, John Bichette. Yeah, people always ask me, well, who's your influence? Like I'm going to name some, you know, they name these European guys that I've never heard of. And I'm like, you know, I'd love to be all chic and mention all these guys. Oh, yeah, Salvatore Dali. He's like, no, none of that stuff. It's just really, I grew up, you know, with Marvel in the, in the 70s. You know, with Killdozer and all those retarded books they were coming out with. And um, Kirby, John Buscema, John Romita, you know, Gil Kane and Gene Collin. You know. The guys, they won't invite to conventions anymore. I don't know what happened to those. You know. Yeah. Good guys. Guys with stars. Well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, some people get, get a little caught up in nostalgia a little too much. You know, I was talking to the other day with a friend of mine about, you know, um, the whole Steve Rude, Bruce Tim thing that they do, where they do their swi- they do their riffs on these on these guys. But then finally, after about five years, you're like, well, where does the riff stop and where does the you draw like him begin? You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you're God. I guess Godland's doing really well, and that's a Kirby S thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which was surprising that the guy just draws exactly like Kirby and people like it. I'm like, well, why don't they just buy Kirby? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I wish him well. Anybody with an indie book that's doing well. I just think it's funny to see a book where the guy draws exactly like Jack Kirby. Yeah. I hear you. He'll probably see me at a con and spit on me now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of cons, you are going to be at New York Comic Con, correct? I'm coming to New York. and um, Hopefully it'll be a good con. I did the show. They had a con at the Javits Center about 10 years ago, and it was a really good show. And then since then, they've had a a lot of the smaller ones, and I've gone to a bunch of those. But... um, they're good, but you know it's nice to see that they're that you know they're trying to have a show in a big convention center. Sure. And the Javits is a big a big convention center. Let's hope they fill it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. The only thing I think it's got working against it might be because it's in February. You know, and the winters in New York are like you know brutal. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like The Exorcist outside. Perfect setting for your book. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've got. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Well, look, we're, uh, we are running out of time just for this episode, but we want to thank you for coming on. Hey, you know, thanks and a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Anything you guys need in, no in, problem. in the way of any, you know, swag or anything I could do to bribe you, <laughs> tell your friends to, uh, 
to tell the two people that read Atomica to buy it. Uh, I appreciate it. And what we'll do is we'll have you back on uh, uh, closer to the convention so we can see where the book is by that time and just get an update. Yeah. Sound Sounds good? good. Cool. Thank All you right, for guys, giving well, us your time. Again. Yeah, take care. I really appreciate sure. it. Sure. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. He was fun. Yeah, he's a good, he's a good guy to talk to. I wish we could talk to him more. And we will. We'll talk to him more later. Yeah, I mean, the art style, he's right. It isn't, it isn't like your typical art style, but it's, it's very, I mean, it's kind of art style that grows on you as you, as you read it. And I just, I really liked it. I didn't want to, I wanted to compare it to almost Sandman, but I was kind of didn't want to because, and not Sandman as a whole, but Sandman when he would do his like fable stuff and the, the folklore. And I know we're running out of time, but, um, just you know, go out and and if you know, if you trust anything that I've said before, just trust me on this one. Give it a shot, and uh, you know, it takes more than one issue to really get into it. By the, sec- by the middle of the second issue, I really was digging what he was doing, and by the time I got done with number four, I want number five. So, the one story you, you, you mentioned in the email that I got to hear about is the you said there was a porn star cat fight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what? What? Now you're talking. Well, what? you know, it's one of the few. You know, normally it's kind of when you hear a commotion, it's because Wizard's giving away a keychain or something. <laughs> you know, those guys that'll like light themselves on fire for a keychain at Wizard or something. Drink their own vomit for a t-shirt or whatever. But there's like a big commotion, and I guess somebody in Artist Alley brought his mistress to the con, who was a porn star, and his wife found out, and oh. he showed up at the con, and it was like a brawl. <laughs> and I, I kid you not. And then one of them pulled like a comb and tried to stab her with it, and it was like a big melee. <laughs> so, <laughs> so WonderCon is happening. Yeah, no, and it was like these. So it was like these two, these two Filipino women beating the crap out of each other, you know, right there in Artist Alley, and you know they had to finally drag one of them out of there. There, there weren't any accidental nip slips, were there? <laughs> no, there was. You know, there wasn't. There wasn't any. You know, there wasn't a lot of. You know, uh, clothes being torn off, but you know it, it got good because they were swearing at each other in Filipino. There were two Filipino ladies, and it got good. It was like Full Metal Jacket. <laughs> that wasn't listed on on WonderCon's program, I bet. Right. <laughs> it will be next year. Yeah, it was one of the few times that you know you saw something that was like, oh, you know, it wasn't the it wasn't the you know the Boba Fett guy who. <laughs> wasn't the lactating guy in the spandex this time. (laughs) The overweight Spider-Man. Yeah, you know, it's like you guys got a family show or I'd get into a little more descriptions, but I'll leave it alone. (laughs) Did you you have front row seats or did you have to... No, well, you know, it it got loud quick. And then, you you know, again, I thought normally when there's a commotion, it's usually because, you know... The guy that plays Uncle Owen is there or something. And and this was just like it got, I, I caught the tail end of it when, like, a rumor started real fast that one of them had a gun. <laughs> yeah, it was good. And I, was, I don't know who started it. It might have been me. But, but, it, but I was telling kind of clear out real fast. So it was good. Uh, when you scream "gun," that usually yeah, happens. you know when yeah, gun at, a, at you know when there's not when there's Balkans and Klingons around, you don't want to yell "gun." 
I think you just guaranteed about like a hundred people coming to your booth in New York. <laughs> no, it was just every once in a while you're gonna get you're gonna get something at a con that like you're like oh you know uh, for fifty every fifty you do that are duds there's one where it's a good one. That's great. Now, one of the first cons I was at I saw Rob Rob Liefeld get the crap kicked out of him and that was worth it. <laughs> whoa 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 whoa! <laughs> back up back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are the specifics yeah. on that one? Well, that was it was San Diego about ten years ago. And he was drunk, and the other guy was drunk, and Jeez. I think one of the guys that was drunk he owed money to, and just beat the crap out of him at a pool hall. <laughs> Allegedly, right? Yeah, no, he did. <laughs> I saw it. I mean, it was, no, I saw it. He no, saw I mean, it. I was there, and I don't think too many people were there. Were trying to break it up, but you know, <laughs> Rob ran out of there real fast. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Scandalous. <laughs> we need to have you on after yeah, every con. Terribly but... exciting play. You know, you know how it is. I mean, they're, they're usually without incident, but every once in a while, you know, you'll get a good one, and, and that was one of the ones. Well, I know I'm looking forward to finally meeting you face to face. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, I, I totally tell you, am. you know, I'll be at the side. They really, you guys are big out there in California. I had I had at least a dozen guys come up to me and mention that they'd heard me on the podcast the last time. Great. And I was on last time, I think, for about 30 seconds. <laughs> I was in a coma when you guys called me. Well, heck with these stories, man. You're going to get a huge fan yeah, following. Yeah, I got yeah, some. When, yeah, you guys got to have like an after-hours show. I'll tell you some of the, some of the like, you know, better con stories that I've got. We'll go out to dinner. Yeah, you... we'll have to go jump on a pizza or something, and I'll have to hit you with, with a few of the, uh, the ones that involve, like, you know, a little more R-rated stuff. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. Well, we you could you could have that as a as a feature at your booth story time with sure. Sal, and then you'll get you have to buy one issue of Atomica, and then you get to hear the stories. You know? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Usually, it's it's uh, yeah. That's they, they come and ask you know uh, hey you know is it true about such and I'm like I guys I you know I could tell you that it really happened because I was there. I don't like to tell stories where they kind of take on lives of their own. Right. But if I tell you it happened, it usually meant it's because I got, you know, I got wet or I got blood on me or I was there. <laughs> Uncle Sal, tell us again about Rob Liefeld getting beat up. <laughs> he, he, got, he, got, he got smacked, you know, like, like a $2 hooker. Oh. <laughs> it was like a Tijuana crack war. He, was just, he got slapped around. <laughs> it was... Uh, at that point, everybody hated him because he, he ran out of the business owing so many guys money that they, they were in line to beat him up. <laughs> oh, my God. This is our best episode ever. I think <laughs> was my new favorite person. <laughs> he just leveled the room. And he still comes to con. I well, still see him at con. You know, at Baltimore, he had one hell of a line oh, of people he, waiting he to meet following. him. I mean, he has a good following, but he's... You know, and, and I'm telling you, uh, he's a likable dude if you meet him, but it's just he just ran out owing tons of people money, and that's why so many guys in the business, you know, talk trash about him. Well, you learn something new happened. every day. Cool. Well, we're wow. anxious to meet you now. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll have a good time. You know, you, you guys seem like the guys that appreciate sophisticated humor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we does. Uh, well... We're, like you said, we're going to meet you, and um, we'll try to once we get our schedule of like you know if we want to hit a panel or whatever, we'll we'll try to get it get it out on an episode of a certain hour that we can you know hang out at your place. And yeah, will... there's there's some good there's some yeah there, there's a few stories that I think your your you know your listeners would appreciate. 
But we'll be bringing the recording equipment. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> no, and and, it, and again, it'll be good to meet you guys in person, and you know. Cool. You can see I, I, I look like as much of a degenerate as I sound. <laughs> Good, so do we. <laughs> I can't wait to meet you out in New York. Yep. Yeah, we'll have a good time. Sounds great. You know, if you guys, you know, you need bail money or anything, let me know. <laughs> we'll, keep your, know. we'll keep your cell phone number handy. You guys sound like the type. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to let you go. We appreciate uh, everything. <laughs> Anything you guys need. Who's your next guest? Like Dana Jameson, or what do you guys got? <laughs> no, we're actually just going to do some talking this episode. Oh, okay. You mean you're going to talk instead of me talking? Yeah. <laughs> once we hear those stories, though, we're going to bring you back. Yeah, once yeah. You're, you're gonna, as soon as I hang up, you're like, God, he shut up finally. <laughs> no way. No, no way. way. No, I think we yeah. might make you a regular guest. You're not kidding. <laughs> cool. All right, guys. Well, again, thanks for, you know, thanks for everything. I appreciate it. At, thank you. Yeah, thank, and, you. And thank you, Sal. Everybody out there, take uh, make sure you crack open your New York, New York Comic Con program and look for Mercury Comics and, and Atomica. Pick up those issues. I have, yep. I have five and six sitting on my pile to read, and now that I know we're meeting you, I'm going to make sure I finish five and six. Pile to read. That's nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, because at least you, you don't live in denial. I live in complete denial. I have those piles that I'm going to read, and it's just <laughs> stuff from college that's still good. <laughs> <laughs> never yeah. get to it. Yeah, hey, we got to do our homework, you know? Yeah. All right, Sal. Okay, Sal. All right, guys. Take, Take care. care. Have a good night. All right. And we'll see you in a few days. Yep. All right. We'll see you in New York. Bye-bye. Right. Right. Good. All right. Stay out of trouble. Yeah. <laughs> you too. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So uh, did you have any uh, interesting stories from uh, New York, or I guess you just did uh, Emerald City? I did Emerald. Emerald's kind of, how can I put this? Emerald's a nice show, and the guys that run it are cool. But it's like, man, there's just too many hobos in Seattle, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's no more homeless. You know, but there's homeless, and then there's just hobos. Whatever happened to hobos? <laughs> like Boxcar Willie, you know, using a rope as a belt and, you know, cooking beans by the boxcar. That, that, that's Seattle, man. Riding the rails. You got a lot of druggies walking around. You know, it's like a it's like a George Romero movie in Seattle. You know, they're just wandering around, and they're not poor. They're just asking for beer money. They're they're waiting for Nirvana to come back. They're right? asking for yeah. No, I thought it was like Sasquatch. I thought Steve Austin was going to be chasing Bigfoot around, and it was just a lot of guys asking for beer money. <laughs> How much did you, you get? In Seattle, right? I mean, no, I've never been there. No. Okay, then it's like you got that whole Jeremiah Johnson, we're a woodsman. Don't want to be part of society gang that just kind of hangs around downtown and they're well-dressed guys they're well-dressed hobos that just want beer money no 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 starbuck money yeah i don't know but it's i mean again nice con great people you know a little slow you know in terms of not not their education just slow in terms of the traffic and not not as many people as I would have hoped, but 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 I think it's it's got potential to be a good show in the future. I would do it again, but you know Sunday was really really slow. It was like dead. You know, was it just a two day show? It was just a two day show. Yeah, we went. I went to the Sonics game and got food poisoning, and you know. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, so I was shitting razor blades for the rest of the oh. day. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll be serious. <laughs> you ever gotten food poisoning? Yes. yes. No, I haven't. You know, yeah, I you gotta. I had it like really. I don't know what I had, 
I had it really bad, and I think I had to, like, sit on the toilet naked because <laughs> if I put my pants up, I would, like, stand a chance of, like, crapping my pants. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I made it through living two months in Mexico, and I just got back from ten days in El Salvador, and I had no problems. Well, you're like, you know, Rambo, you know, <laughs> intestines or something. I, I don't know what I ate there. One of them Starbucks sausages or something. <laughs> I was sick as a dog. Uh, my ass was like a faucet. It was bad. You know. It was not good. I mean, when you're shitting sideways, pretty bad. <laughs> it was like, you know, when you get those explosions, it was like a, you know, one of those Galactus Kirby pieces in the toilet. It was not a good thing. <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Sal, this is why everyone loves you. <laughs> well, I got to be careful because I, I got a couple, like, hate mails from guys that are like, you know, yeah, why aren't you more serious? And that's why Atomic is not selling. And I'm like, I don't know, man. What do you want me to do? Go on 60 Minutes? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. You know? I thought we are just a bunch of guys, you know, talking comics. Yeah, I think they'll sell more comics with this approach. Then. I, no, you you know food poisoning, right? I, well, you, you're Mr. Yeah, you were in El Salvador, so you know what I'm talking about, you know. Yeah, I, I've just—I think I've just been lucky. I just—I just never got it. I'm sure my day will come. Yeah. Were you puking too? It was coming out of both ends. Oh. Yeah. You know, it was—you know—like I said, I, I was shitting tax. It was bad. Did you get the sh- the shit sweats too? Oh no! Like I said, I had it so bad that it would come involuntarily. So I had to just stay naked because if I put my clothes on, I'd crap my pants. <laughs> I didn't have enough time to, to like, you know, to remove the clothes to go. You needed to leave them off, or it was, like, not going to happen. Uh, oh I was going to put rubber bands at the end of my pants legs just in case something slipped out. Oh, 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 Jesus. Right, I think we can move on now. All right. I'm, well, hey, you keep asking. I'll keep telling you, you know. Oh, my God. So aside from any Atomica-related artwork, do you own... From in your personal collection, any original Alex Ross pieces? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm actually, and this is going to get me in trouble, I'm actually Captain Marvel. He used me to, as, the, as the model for Captain Marvel. Oh, really? Yeah, in, you know, in Kingdom Come and in Power of Hope and all that. I was his photo reference guy. He uses a lot of photographs. You know, he takes photographs. And, I, yeah. and I, we knew each other from way back, like from advertising. And so, you know, he was, I knew him from when he was pitching Marvel's. And then when Marvel exploded, he became like, you know, Alex Ross with capital letters. And I was still cutting limes at the bar. So, you know, he's, he always, these guys, and he goes, hey, man, you look like Captain Marvel. And I'm, he's like, what do you think of Captain Marvel? And I go, well, it's the gayest costume I've ever seen. <laughs> Little did I think I was ever going to have to wear that damn thing. <laughs> now, those are pictures I want to see. But, yeah. yeah, well, you know, it gets, it, it gets it, it's a good, I'm not, it's a good thing. I'm not complaining. But, but you get some you know those those Fletcher collectors that come up and got a little bit of a man crush on Captain Marvel too much that gets scary once in a while. I want mm. you to say Shazam and all that stuff. <laughs> so say I started doing that, and yeah, to answer your question though, yeah, he he gave me you know he gave me a couple of Kingdom Come pages as a thank you for doing that, and you know and, and you know going to cons over the years, I bought some stuff. I bought a lot of stuff. That's cool. I I, li- I really like his. Uh... His his penciled stuff, like it, it, you know, we only ever see all his painted stuff, and I really mm-hmm. like those pencil stuff that you see from time to time. It's 
It's well, like, I told him about you guys, and I was trying to get him to, go, to come on the show, but he's like, you know, you probably told him bad things about me. And I'm like, no, I didn't really, you know. So he's afraid he's going to get on the show, and you guys are going to ambush him about all the terrible things I said about him. <laughs> you haven't told us anything about him. I you. haven't told Okay, good, because I, I, need it, I need my job still. You know, it works <laughs> out better that way. Hey, Sal. Yes. Hey, there he is. How you doing, guys? How you Great, doing? Sal. How are you, Sal? Everybody made it back in one piece. Semi a week. Yeah. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How was your trip back? It was it was bad, man. I I made the mistake of letting a uh, buzz and a couple guys stay in my room last night, and, it, oh. uh, and I slept about a half an hour the whole night, and it was it's like you know. I'm sorry for introducing Buzz to you guys. It was like when they gave the Indians uh, blankets with uh, the plague on them. <laughs> Not a good thing. It's a bad influence. That yellow, that yellow bastard's a bad influence. That's Sal Abenandi of Atomica Comics. Since the new version. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'll be serious. So yeah, right. let's get the business out of the way. I love Buzz. I'm just kidding. So how was your how how the how was the convention for you? It was good, man. We went through we went through between uh, like three and uh, four hundred bucks. It was it was a good show. Good, wow. excellent. Yeah, we we usually Philly's usually a good show. I usually jump between Philly or Charlotte, but uh, uh, you know I just been sticking with Philly lately. That's cool. It's a little I... rough because it's close to Mocha, but good show, good great town. I, you know, it's like Chicago, blue collar town, good food, nice people. Big, big asses, though. <laughs> you know? No, I mean, is it just me, or is it just like a lot of healthy asses in that town? Cheap it's, it's all the dairy products. That's the whole thing. Right you know, and ass. this is coming from a guy who's, you know, who the kids use my ass as a bicycle rack any chance they get. <laughs> it's okay. There's just, there's just some, some healthy asses in that city, man. Like the Liberty Bell with the crack in it is kind of a symbolic, you know, thing like an ass to me when I see it. Who, who was it who wanted to go see the Liberty Bell? We should have just sent him over to the Sal's booth. <laughs> you know, I got guys on Sunday that just wouldn't leave the booth. That were just kind of a little strange. And you got to, you know, you're nice to everybody, but sometimes you really got to kind of, you know, you, you got to get the guy from from Wild Kingdom to get the tranquilizer gun to get rid of him. <laughs> you got to call Steve over and have him move yeah, the line. Yeah, you know, I had a few. It was it was a, it was a two gallon ass juice day on Sunday. Oh. <laughs> they had that damn costume contest, man, with the four hundred pound Spider Man with psoriasis. It was so pretty. Oh. Yeah, you know, and it's like it's it's like. If you're not gonna sh- if you're not gonna shave your bush, you really shouldn't put on that spandex that's cut that close if you're a girl. Because you know? this one girl could grow tomatoes. I swear to God, it is rough. Earmuffs, earmuffs. <laughs> I mean, she was smuggling Brillo pads, man, which walked by my Because <laughs> when I'm sitting down, I'm eye level with that shit, and it's rough. <laughs> I mean, it's like holy shit! It's that it's that American cheese slices in the plastic, you know, the separate slices, the individual slices when they walk by. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we just lost about a thousand people. Turned off their iPod. But, you know, it gets summertime, man. You know, you gotta, you know, you gotta, 
Pink, you gotta you gotta clean between the pillows once in a while. You, know? you gotta change between the pillows. You gotta vacuum. You gotta stick that vacuum down there once in a while. You gotta, yeah, you know. Uh, not, not so a little one of those little huggy wipes won't take care of. You know? I keep those things, you know. <laughs> They're handy. Conventions yeah. are not all pretty, right? Uh, you sit for nine hours, man. It gets rough. <laughs> it's like a terrarium down there after a while. <laughs> They're growing mushrooms and shit. A whole subculture. So, so, what it, so, so Buzz goes, listen. And for those of you that don't know Buzz, it's just he's the second coming of Fu Manchu and, like, Kang. <laughs> from the Conan books. It's a long nails, and he's very intimidating, and he's, he's just a, you know, you won't find a more talented guy. But, you know, he snores like someone's choking him. <laughs> and so he sleeps on my floor like a monk, and he uses a brick for a pillow and like a two-by-four to put his feet. And I got maybe, maybe 30 minutes sleep the whole night. Uh. Yeah, he starts chanting in his sleep and burning incense, and it, it gets rough. <laughs> Uh, we want to thank you for coming out to dinner with us on uh, Saturday night. That was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, no, man. Thanks for having me. I mean, we gotta, you got to let me return the favor at San Diego because, uh, you know, it's nice. I mean, it's like good conversation, and, and you know, it's like I get tons of, of you know, stuff, people that you got to, like, you know, it becomes a cliche. Hey, let's have dinner. Let's do that. But, I mean, good conversation doesn't grow on trees at these things. You know, you get at the wrong end of the table. And you just want to saw your own head off. <laughs> you get with the wrong group of guys. It's just, you know. And you get off of Boba Fett, and there's nothing to talk about. <laughs> At least you guys, we could talk about, you know, whatever. You would. Thank God I didn't bring up that Boba Fett story. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just, you get with the, you know, it's not the people you go with. It's they bring people. You know, like you'll, you'll agree to go have dinner, you know, say, yeah, let's go have dinner. And then you go to the lobby, and it's like, you know, you go down there, and it's like the Osmonds are waiting to have dinner. And you're like, oh, my God, who are all these people? And now I'm stuck at the end of the table with 20 guys I don't know. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, well, what do you do? And you're like, well, nothing. And you, well, you're in the comments, no. Okay, great. Now I'm having dinner with five total strangers. So it's cool when you can get together with a bunch of guys and everybody's, you know, sick and twisted and the way you guys are. <laughs> you, you, you all need psychiatric help the way I do, so it's good. We blend right in. Yep. We could share our meds, you know that kind of thing. <laughs> Swap yeah. them. Pass the meds. But now, what you guys were set up? What was your what was your angle of it? I mean, we, it was we, good. Yeah. Setting up. I mean, was this this was the, the second show you guys set up, right? Yeah. Correct. After New York. Yeah. Well, we did uh, Pittsburgh too. Okay, so the third one. All right. So you guys are getting. More of the, you know, it's a different angle when you're sitting, you know, you're stationary for a while. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah I mean, luckily there's six of us, so we can take turns and rotate and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, for us it's just all about meeting the listeners and, you know, right, thanking them for for being part of the show. That's pretty much They're our whole goal. All very cool, man. You guys got some, you know, you got some good guys that, that listen, you know, that, that chime in and. And, uh, but you know, you you got you guys haven't had your 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 artist alley, small press area experiences yet when they put you next to the wrong types. <laughs> yeah, we've been very yeah. fortunate. Yeah, we've yeah. had a lot of good people. I, mean, well, I won't people. do small press anymore because my last small press was WonderCon when they put me next to like the 
the guys that sell the swords and the, you know, whatever. It's just they put ye old in front of everything, and they call it like a renaissance thing. And I had the 400-pound lady with the chain mail on breastfeeding the kid. Yeah, it was, it was just all kinds of bad. You know, ye old it, it was really, really bad. <laughs> Did you say ye old eyesore? Yeah, yeah just, it was like Joe Quesada feeding his breast <laughs> right next to me. She, she had to build a Joe Quesada. It was not a good scene. And I'm like, look, lady. She, and, and I said, hey, lady, look, I'm sorry, but I'm, in the, I, I, I'm not squeamish, you know, but you really got to feed that kid in front of me? And she says, oh, my God, you know, it, what, what's your problem? It's natural and it's this and that. And I said, yeah, so whacking off. I don't do it if I do. <laughs> You know, I'll put the t I couldn't tell which was where her tit ended and her stomach started. I, I was like, I couldn't tell what was what. You know, you know, we would like to interview Joe Casada someday. So. Oh shit! Well, I'll never work for Marvel, so don't worry about it. On the phone, we have Uncle Sal and cousin Buzz. Oh, now, Buzz, it's Sunday. Shouldn't you be dropping off laundry or what? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I try, uh -huh. but apparently there, if there's no ticky, there's no water. Okay, that's right. <laughs> that's right. You know, try to get that out. It's an ancient Chinese secret, you know, yeah. Algon. Well, did you guys have any uh, interesting stories from the last couple cons? Because we've uh -huh. seen you everywhere. I need to lose weight. <laughs> <laughs> that's I was, the same I story was, for the past three years. I was at... Listen, you know, I'm a, I'm a very sensitive feelings, you know. Like, if you're going to constantly ins you know, insult my weight and my hairy pair of man tits, I'm not going to go on But I was at San Diego, and I was getting out of the shower. I know this gives a visual for Buzz. Yeah. And I had a really sharp pain in my chest. So I says, you know, it's like, Jesus Christ, what's going on? And then I realized I was standing on one of my tits. <laughs> I says, man, it's time for me to lose some weight. <laughs> no, come on, guys. You know me. I'm just like a beacon of sensitivity. What are you <laughs> I just had more of your listeners busting my balls about my suit at San Diego. <laughs> well, I have to I, say. I don't know if they expected me to have an organ grinder with a monkey or what, <laughs> what I was supposed to have when I was there. But, you know. <laughs> What, hey, what? come on now. Let's not talk about Angel Medina like that. Hey, oh. who said it? I didn't say it. Angel. Ah, come on. Angel's the sweetest guy. guy I know. Yeah. He's yeah. small, but he's the sweetest guy I know. <laughs> he gets caught in spider webs from time to time. <laughs> I, I like Angel. I'm nuts over him. Literally, he's that tall. Yeah. <laughs> Angel's got to get a step ladder to blow buzz. So. I'm sorry, I'll be serious. I was keeping it under the PG, you know, and then I, and now the next time I see Angel, he's going to have to go on about how I said he blew somebody. That's great. Uh, Again, yeah. I Again. I, I don't want to, I, I shouldn't make fun of his hobbies, you know. <laughs> how did you guys meet? Where, where where did you actually meet each other? Um, I used to work at a takeout place called Golden Walk, <laughs> uh, south side of Chicago, and uh, Sal was a yeah, big fan of Chinese food. You know, I was actually it was a it was a one ad. Coffee <laughs> <laughs> Fox two fifty. <laughs> and they deliver. 
It was more like, me so horny, me love you sometime. No, it was, it was a Burma <laughs> special on, on a Friday night one time. I only had about 18 bucks. <laughs> No, actually, yeah, he was working, what, you're working, you were working, he was working at Harris. Was well, I, at I was doing Vampirella at the time. I met up with uh, Alex Ross uh, at, uh, at the Heroes Con in 94, I believe, um, and we struck up a conversation and became friends, and he was telling me about this uh, gathering of artists on Thursdays in Chicago, where they used to get together and play volleyball, and then they all hang out at this bar. And it was like a sort of like a brotherhood, like a brethren of artists with no egos. It was more like a daisy chain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. So I, I went to uh, the Chicago Con, missed my flight, uh, called up Alex and crashed on his couch for a day or two, and then you know, and then I started coming back. I keep you know I start meeting everybody on Thursday. I mean I was flying in from New York at least two three times a month, like on Thursday just to go and hang out with the artists because. It was there was nothing like that in New York. You know, all these artists that live in New York, all the egos, and they're all you know, very cliquish, and they're all part of either one crew or the other, and kind of pain in the asses, you know. So anyway, um, I made I became friends with Angel Medina, and he was telling me, hey, "You got to meet this guy named uh, Sal. He's trying to break into the business and whatever, and you kind of have a still crowd, trying. So. Yeah. <laughs> so Nothing's you know, changed. nothing's changed. <laughs> See if you you know if you can check out his artwork because you know I think. You know, your your sort of taste in art kind of, uh, you know, have a broader horizon. Maybe you can you know, help him out. Now, this is what he told me. I hadn't met Sal. I don't know what he looked like. But from what Sal told me that, I was like, my four in the morning, he was four at Four in China. the morning. <laughs> Regardless of any bullshit he tries to tell you in the PC level, I was I was sitting in a restaurant at four in the morning with... with Angel, yeah. With Angel? Yeah. I couldn't tell because he's sure he doesn't sit high enough on the <laughs> <laughs> so let you get a yellow pages. He's got a, his feet don't touch the floor. Can you get him a booster so, seat? This guy just comes and just like knocks me out of the way on the booth, moves out of the way, starts eating my food at the booth. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, who the fuck is this guy? But you know, he, you know, he seemed nice enough, and he was, we were shooting the shit. And then the next day, the guy that runs ran the comic store that we used to hang out at Bum. goes, hey Sal, you really need to talk to this guy. Buzz, because he's doing, you know, for the New York show, you know, at that time, it was at the Javits, they had a big show in New York, and so I said, yeah, okay, he's like, you really should meet this guy, because he's, you know, he's like the, the hot new thing in comics, so, sure enough, I meet him, and it was the same pain in the ass that <laughs> at my booth at four in the morning. <laughs> oh, that wasn't, no, that wasn't even that, it was before that was the wake-up call, remember? Yeah, I, I called Sal the next morning, mind you, we were up till four or five in the morning, drinking, partying, I called him up like nine, and All right, he picked up the right. phone, he's like, who is it? I go, hey, you guinea bastard. Yeah, <laughs> and I, you want to go to New York? <laughs> yeah, you want to come to New York? And so I was just like, oh, you know, he's calling me guinea bastard. And I, you know, I, normally I, nobody calls me until at least 9.30. <laughs> so we just, you know, we hooked up. And then I went to New York, and, and Buzz, you know, showed me around and, and uh, took me up to Marvel. And they told him they handed me my ass and said I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and he took me up to D.C., and they handed me my ass and said I was crazy again. Yeah. My work was just like a car wreck, and yeah. it just it went from there. You know, we started yeah. hanging I, out at Con. I took him, and then I had a friend take him to the West Village, and they kept his ass. Yeah, Because <laughs> yeah. Buzz in those days would be around, and then he would disappear. He was like a vampire. <laughs> he would disappear for two days, and then he would come back. 
And, you know, based on the amount of tampons he had hanging on his balls, I knew there was something going on. (laughs) (laughs) I have no rebuttal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you didn't think they were going to let you, you. They were going to let you promote your art and all your artistic values unless I told the, the Buzz San Diego story. Ah, you know? uh, the naked '96. The naked '96, <laughs> we like to affectionately call it. You know, you get naked once. Well, once that I remember at <laughs> a show. And, and 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 jump an artist buck naked in the hole. But you know the, the only thing, and the only thing I learned from it is that Asian guys really don't have a lot of pubes. <laughs> <laughs> so he doesn't have a ponytail down there. No, he really doesn't have a lot of pubes. <laughs> For martial arts, it makes you more svelty, you know. There's, there's less rubbing resistance. There's less friction, yeah. It's more like, like more aerodynamic that way. Swimmers shave their legs. Asians don't have any hair because you know. Now, if you guys got time, I'll tell you the the, the, the naked buzz. Story I gotta hear it. San we got Diego. time. The underwear in the tree. You got. <laughs> we would, yes, this was go. what ten years ago, right, Buzz? Ninety six. Yeah. Ninety six. So yeah. we're staying like Frankie and the R Gang. We're staying at the Double Tree, and there's got to be shit at least at least twelve of us. You know, right. staying there. Right. And it, you, you, you couldn't get a bigger collection of jagoffs if you really went out of central casting. It was just a bunch of guys who had no. Buzz was the only one working, and everybody else was just hanging out. So this was this was the year that that um, Alex was still big for for Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. So yeah, right, he right. goes, he goes, hey man, I'm going to be at San Diego. Why don't we have dinner? Or why don't we? Why don't you come to this party with me? And, and anybody who doesn't know Alex, Alex doesn't drink, and Alex doesn't like to, you know, get crazy and, you know, howl at the moon and do that kind of stuff. He's just a, he a real straight-laced guy. So he goes, hey, why don't you come to the, graf- to the graffiti party with me? There's free booze. Now, I didn't have, you know, I was 30 cents short of a quarter in those days. <laughs> <laughs> so you tell me free booze. I'm just, let's go. I'm there, yeah. So I leave this maniac with these other guys, which is basically like leaving them with a bunch of Boy Scouts. Now, at this point, what he's forgotten to tell you, because he's jumping in the middle of the, the, the early half, the first half of the story was, I was staying at the Hyatt. They were all staying at the Doubletree. So I was staying at the Hyatt, and I went up to the Hyatt bar. I got really, really drunk. It's so much so that on the way down then, Karen was there. His then, uh, you know, this is his wife now, then, you know, they were just friends. And I remember in the lobby, some guy whistled at her, and, and I decided to start a fight with him. So Sal and Ken, who's Karen's brother, decided, hey, we should, like, keep our eye on him. So they put me in a cab and took me to their hotel at Doubletree to make sure to you know, keep their eye on me. I still think I'm, I'm at Hyatt. So I didn't know I was in he was at Doubletree. Double so, yeah. So that's where, you know, Sal comes in with his party story. He leaves me there with these guys to, you know, keep an eye on No, I didn't. You know, you know he left. Because there was, there was, you know, depending on which part of the evening, there were this variety of whores that he was chasing around. <laughs> so he's, you know, got a got a tit, one tit in his mouth, and another tit in one hand, and another, you know, he's, you know, just fur burgers everywhere. <laughs> so I'm just like, okay, you know, guys, watch this guy. Is what I'm basically. It's like juggernaut. Don't let him out. <laughs> Don't open the fucking door. It's just, just, you know, and they're looking at me like, I, we can't watch Buzz because he's more like a, a force of nature than, than it is like a human being. 
So I anyway, I go to this party and, and I, I do things that lots of you know Alex doesn't like to do, like have fun and get drunk. So I come back and I'm I'm all you know in a good mood and I and I walk into the lobby and I should have known to turn around when I got off the elevator and there was a pair of underwear on the plant right by. You know, right when the doors open, I see a pair of underwear. <laughs> and they're like, it's the old movie posters from Fist of Fury. And I, and I go, God, who's got Fist of Fury underwear? <laughs> so I, I start walking down the hallway, and I start, I see a whole crowd of people, San Diego PD, in the hallway. And I go, wow, somebody's having a good time. Someone's having a party. And, you know, I keep walking, and I go, shit, and someone's having a party right next to my room. And I get a little further, and I go, shit, those cops are in my room. <laughs> so I walk in, and there's a naked Asian guy laying on the floor with handcuffs on. <laughs> and his name is spelled just like Buzz's. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, it is Buzz. That guy looks just like Buzz. <laughs> oh, wait, that is Buzz. So San Diego PD pulls me aside and goes, this, I go, guys, what happened? I'm playing, you know, at this point, I'm playing Barney Fife. I'm going, guys, I don't know what's going on. And everybody's packing, <laughs> you know, packing their bags. We got to get out. So I asked the cop, I go, what the hell happened? They go, this guy, pointing at Buzz, with, without the, the guy without the pubes, <laughs> got drunk, no shock, took his clothes off, and was running around the hotel knocking on all the doors. <laughs> Because he was looking for the swimming pool. Yeah, I thought I was still at the Hyatt. <laughs> I thought he was still at the Hyatt. <laughs> then he does go swimming, and he doesn't realize that the pool at the Doubletree has windows in it that lead to the bar that's in the hotel. Oh. So this asshole's in the pool naked swimming, and his balls are showing in the bar window. <laughs> Gets up, continues to run around, pounding on all the doors. Bear hugs Tim Bradstreet naked. <laughs> I don't think Tim ever got the stains out of his jacket. <laughs> all his pants. And yeah, so the it. cops go, you guys got to all get the hell out of here because he, he, he disturbed the entire hotel. So I said, guys, he'll behave himself, I promise you. He's passed out. What's he going to do? You know, he's, he's, he's like Bruce Banner now. He's just normal again. He's not, he's not the crazy you know, Asian Hulk. He's just a normal guy now with, you know, long hair and bracelets and all kinds of jewelry on. And he's minus his, his underwear. And so finally, I go, guys, he's not going to go anywhere. They let us stay at the hotel. He wakes up the next morning, and it's just a checklist of all the shit that he did. He broke. Who broke the mirror? You did, Bob. Oh, yeah. Every you question know? I asked answer was you. Because I didn't remember anything. I was like, wait a minute. Who took my clothes off? You did. Right. Who broke the mirror in the bathroom? You did. Uh, who's who underwear got, who got on the, the plant? Yours. <laughs> Who got the fat Jamaican maid pregnant? You did. You did. I did it all in one night. Yeah. Right. Never told me he was sorry. Never. <laughs> I had to explain to the cops that I made up some bullshit story. He's mad ever since Hiroshima. <laughs> he never got over it, you know, when they canceled Kung Fu. And, and, and the Kung Fu story he bought. He said, okay, Bruce Lee really should have been Kung Fu. That's why Buzz ran around the hotel naked. And the Doubletree never let us back. So. No.
<laughs> well, it's a good thing you both have grown out of that phase, right? Yeah. Oh, who says we've grown out of that? We just stay in better hotels. That's all. Yeah, the same. Sh- I, I shared a room with Simone this year. And no. Probably, this is a guy that, he changed his underwear every day, only he would put the old underwear on that he took the day before. <laughs> he had four pair of underwear for like a two-week trip. <laughs> now, he's talking about Simone Bianchi, this hot new young gun over at... Uh, Marvel, you know, he did Shining Knife with DC, and you know, it's a, he's, he's, doing, a, he's, he's a great artist. Yeah, and and he, I let him stay with me, but it's just it's it's just one of those deals where I'm like Simone, I don't ask a lot, but you really got to wash your ass. And <laughs> do it. You know, he walks around with speedos on, and it's just he doesn't get that. You know, you gotta like really wash your ass. <laughs> I don't know if it's a cultural thing or what, but you know what? It's only him because I I hung out with the other two guineas, and you know they were pretty hygienically sound, except for Simone. You know, and they talk about Simone as yeah, that guy's a stinky bastard. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. he he's 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 got he's got that odor, man. Where I'm like Simone, listen, I'm your friend and all this, but. We really got to give you one of them silkwood showers where we just hold you down. You need to get you need like to get like one of those artificial Christmas tree branches and just like scrub his ass. What you need to do? I mean, like just uh, hold him down with like a linko, like ammonia that your, my grandma used to use to wash the basement floor with. You need those hoses that break up riots, you know. You gotta get like yeah, a fire hose <laughs> with, the, with the German shepherds. And yeah, like throw them in one of those like defunct tanks they use at Brookfield Zoo for the gorillas. Because I'm sharing a room with them, and I'm like Simone, it's like a fucking parakeet store in here. It just it's bad. Yeah, how's how's the how's, how's the baby? Well, the baby's okay, you know. It's a baby. Yeah. It's a baby. She keeps us, you know, busy. She's actually Donna, a ter- right? she's a terrible, terrible baby. Yeah. Yeah. If she's awake, she cries, and then there's something about baby shit, man. I'm telling you, I got I got a I got a zillion nephews, and there's something that happens between the mouth and the ass when a baby shits. I don't know what it is, man, but it's just it's. They should drop those things in Afghanistan. They'll come out with their hands up. Drop the diaper pail. It's just there's something about that. Those, all that strained food they, you know, you feed them. I don't know. I have not been uh, relegated to diaper duty yet. You're not on the, well, my wife and I were trying, whatever, whatever that means. I mean, when they say, well, we're, now we're officially trying, I don't know the difference. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know. I just tell her, just, just do whatever it is you got to do and... I'll, you know, one day I'll see something run across the floor, and I'll go, hey, when did we have a kid? You know, that no, kind you'll, of thing. You'll know the difference when, when after you've been trying for X number of months and nothing's happening, and yeah. she starts to get crazy, because then she'll rape you, and then you'll know the difference between well, trying. Well, no, I get all these, I got this list, you know, you got to wear a certain kind of underwear, which <laughs> doesn't, I don't have a problem, because there's really, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm going to have to start wearing moo-moos anyway. So I got that going on, and then they tell you, well, you got to do this. And then she starts breaking into my hobbies, which she says she's all masturbating. So I said, well, that's not a good thing. That's on my resume. Part of, you know. My favorite part of masturbation is the cuddling afterwards. Right. <laughs> you, were you planning a family, or were you guys yeah. just got drunk at a, at a, at a Leonard Skinner concert? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was a. It was an encore free bird. We couldn't yeah, contain Molly ourselves. Yeah, Molly Hatchet, or you know. No, it was planned. Oh, okay. you know, yeah. I don't know why, yeah. but it was planned. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, because my wife, that's you know, they got see women. It's like they work at levels that Doc Doom and Red Skull only fantasize about. Right. <laughs>
They're like fuck. They're like arch criminals. They they think of you know they've got it all laid out in a way that it, it's like it's like walking in a dark room and tripping over a guillotine. You know, by the time you hear that sound, it's too late. <laughs> you know, like they she's already got us. You know, we we've been looking for because when you get married, you got two of everything, except the ability to to make decisions for yourself. That goes away. But uh, we got I have my place in the city, and she has her place out in the suburbs. So we're looking for one place. For you know, for the both of us, you know, and so what happens is, it turns into well, is this a good school district? And I'm with that, you know, they start asking the real estate people, and I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you know, they, see, they're thinking when the kid is already old enough to go to school. Me, I worry about what I'm going to eat today. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's as far as I'm premeditated. <laughs> you know, she's hanging around with Kang and Ultron, worrying about where the kid's going to go to school. <laughs> This is like the enchantress, I guess. Yeah, no, 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 much worse. <laughs> you know, this is this is those. She's a, one of those women. When you get married, they're those four issue villains. You know, we're like, oh shit, we're gonna have to go get somebody to help us. <laughs> you know, like, let me wonder if Surfer's doing anything, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> they're dangerous. There's got to be a team up somewhere along the they're, line. They're, to take yeah, care they're of very, very dangerous. You got to be careful. You know, when you know when you decide to get married. You better be ready for, you know, you better be ready to put the gloves on every once in a while. I just go with the flow. You know, it's like I, I got the I got the built-in excuse now. Oh, well, you know, we got to you know, work. You know. <laughs> oh, gotta, darn. We have to have sex again? Oh, come on. Yeah, right. It's, you know. It, You'd it, be surprised. It, it, I love when they put you on a schedule. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, well, listen, what happened to, like, Romance. Just those accidental pregnancies. Well, you know what? What happened to all that stuff? Right. You know, well, all those warnings I used to get in high school. Now they got to put you on a on a schedule. You got to keep your balls a certain temperature. Like, forget about it. It's so true. You know? Yeah. You know? Well, you know what? This is. These are the two days that we're supposed to. And I'm like, well, I'm not real good at like schedules. <laughs> that's why it took me, you know, 12 years to, you know, to get out of high school. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that. You know, second period, your balls need to be 62 degrees. Listen, <laughs> let me take care of the of the temperature of my balls and leave me alone. I mean, once I, once you hit, you guys aren't aren't there yet, but you'll see once you hit 40, your balls look like the chin of an old Chinaman anyway. So, <laughs> so all the all the you know the, the, all that that you know that sex talk and all that that that, that don't work. That that doesn't cut it anymore. You know, you just you just kind of know you meet in the middle and say, okay, listen, I gotta you know. Basically, you know, it, it works more as like a, it's a sedative at this point. <laughs> I just try to find like there's no space between an orgasm and a snore in my life. <laughs> the same sound I make to come is a snore because I'm just right into snoring right away. <laughs> it's just, it's like this. It's like this. Oh. It, out. That's it. And I mean out like, you know, out like Janis Joplin out. You know, like not out like just like, what? Well, what happened? Out like, you know, you wake up the next day and it's spring. You know, I wake up and Charlton Heston's in my yard on a horse with apes chasing him. That's how long I've been asleep. Oh, Lordy. You know, when you're younger, you're working on technique. And, you know, now when you, when you get married, you're like the, like the one-man band. you got to squeeze this, grab that, rub this, <laughs> foot here, finger here, arm here, you know, rub this with your elbow. You're like, Jesus Christ, what happened? You know? 
like building a fucking model airplane. <laughs> Between cons, marriage, and and working on a book, it just it's you know. I'm gonna have to get one of those those uh, patches, you know. Instead of the nicotine patch, I'm gonna have to get the vagina patch. <laughs> Kind of hook me up with all those patches the too. The pussy patch, you know. <laughs> Put it over my eye, you know, like a pirate or something. Talk about a trillion dollar product. Yeah, right. Because something's got to give, and, you to know. Print money. Something's got to give. And you just moved into a new place. Oh man, guys, I I'm like in a witness protection program out here. It's just it's terrible. Were you were were you actually? I'm not used to the suburbs, man. I grew up in the city, and you know. My wife's like, well, we got to move into a good school area. So I'm like, you know, I'm living out here and, you know, with the people that say hello everywhere you go. And everybody's got the same haircut and the same dogs. And it's just, it's strange for me. You know? Same haircuts and the dogs. <laughs> everybody looks alike in the suburbs. You know, everybody's just good morning and they say hello and they, you know, I'm just not used to it. I'm like, I'm, you know, they, they pull me over all the time, you know. Excuse me, sir, what are you doing in this neighborhood? And, you know, out after 11 o'clock in the <laughs> suburbs, that whole thing. Why did you say that uh, your wife said you need to be in a new school system, a, be- a good school system? Well, well, I went to, you know, I went to Chicago Public Schools, which is like, like a Turkish prison. It's like Midnight <laughs> Express. So she wanted to be out here in the burbs where, you know, the kids get a better education, that kind of thing. Whose kids? They're working. We're talking about having kids and, you know, that we're working on it, that whole thing. That's why the books are late. He's he's working on it. Hey, it's the pussy patch and the working on the kids. <laughs> is she is she coming out to New York with you? Uh, no, no. That's my number one rule, and I want to go on record for every creator you have or don't have on the list. It's it's my rule, which is never bring wives and girlfriends to cons because it's like causing Austria. That's our thing, man. Don't get into our thing. You know? <laughs> When you bring wives and girlfriends to cons, there's only three ty- I told you before, there's only three types of women that go to cons. Right. Those that are into it, which, you know, what percentage of that do you got? Those that are there really just to spy on their husbands, they really don't give a shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they really could care less about what's going on. They really want, you know. And those that are just out of their fucking mind. <laughs> <laughs> I think we met a few. <laughs> <laughs> So every time I've tried to bring my wife or when she was, you know, my girlfriend to the con, and they give you that bullshit of, oh, no, really, I want to support what you're doing, and I want to see this, and I really enjoy They give you that bullshit for 20 minutes, and then they start exhaling a lot, (laughs) and then you wind up having to babysit and apologize for something you really shouldn't apologize for. So I just tell guys, guys, don't bring wives and girlfriends to cons, please. Don't do it. And if I offend anybody, you know. Fucking bad. <laughs> hey, no, because they complain to me. They won't complain to their wife, you know. And then when you say, right. "Hey, do you want to go out to dinner tonight or go out drinking?" They they kind of have that look on their face, like they're blinking something in Morse code, you know, <laughs> like they're in a Cambodian prison camp. <laughs> and you're just like, "Well, I told you not to." You know, I tell I, I I get in the forty minute. The forty minute fight is worth the three days of of freedom of serenity. To just fight for forty minutes about you're not coming. And, you know, and then you go and you just take care of business and you come home and, you know, you know what I, as usual. Yeah. I got to tell you, my 
girlfriend's coming along and her birthday's Saturday and I've been thinking I gotta get her the right gift because if I get her something wrong and yeah, she gets been pissed bit, off it's been a big dilemma for you or, oral sex and jewelry <laughs> <laughs> yeah but what jewelry you know you don't want anything wanna... in a Tiffany box it could be a turd it could be like a fat turd <laughs> in a Tiffany box and it works for my wife you know but I had raccoons in my ceiling I just got rid of that was nice <laughs> You had raccoons in Fucking your Fucking believe this? I mean, I move into this house. My wife finds this house, and it's like it's like the gingerbread house at Disneyland. You know, it's this really nice little suburban house. I'm not used to it, you know, because I live like West Side Story, you know. And <laughs> we move into the house, <laughs> and I'm like, the first night, I'm walking around the house like, like the guy from Night Gallery. You know, I'm like, I hear noises. I hear noises. I'm telling you, you know. They're coming to get, you know. And so she's like, oh, you're crazy. She's, and then she starts patronizing me. She goes, are they ghosts? <laughs> or are you, yeah, they're ghosts. <laughs> right? So I go, listen, I'm telling you, I hear noises. So finally, about two days in, I'm sitting there watching TV, and I hear scratching in the ceiling. So I go, son of a bitch, there's something in the ceiling, you know, in this porch that's above our front windows. So I'm like, all right. So I call the village, you know, and they're like, oh, you got to get a trapper. Trapper, like, I I call this guy up and he goes, "Look around your house." Mind you, this is this is like the cash from Deliverance. I call up. (laughs) So he goes, "Look around the base of your house for tracks and tell me what you see." I said, "Buddy, do you know who you're talking to?" (laughs) I've never. The only raccoon I've ever seen in my life was at the zoo, like like Pocahontas in the movie. His friend, you know, with the voice from the guy from Mash, is the only raccoon I've ever known in my life. So he goes, "Well, what what type of?" And I'm like, "I don't see anything. What I see is you got to send out a couple hillbillies to get rid of these things. Is what I got to see." Yeah, he's like, well, you know, they could be in there for a couple of weeks because they can live off their winter fat, and he's giving me the whole North American history of the raccoon. And I'm just like, you know, the, the guy I'm, on Planet of the Apes. I'm like, kill them all. Just, <laughs> just get them out of here. I don't give a shit what you do. Cause they, they keep you up at night because they're nocturnal. They only come out at night. And they're playing their Santana albums, and they're doing all kinds of shit up there. <laughs> You know, Oye Como Va at 2.30 in the morning. I'm like, this shit's got to stop. And my wife's like, well, you don't want to be mean. I'm like, well, don't want to be mean. He broke into my house. So I'm like the French resistance at this point. I'm planting shit and ordering Chinese food, hoping he'll come out to get it by the door. And I'm putting, you know, I'm drawing graffiti from other raccoons by the hole. And he's like, did you find a hole? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. He's like, you know, we got to put a, a trap where they go in and you put a can in there and all this bullshit. And I'm going, look, buddy, I got to be honest with you. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You know, I grew up with where there was no there was not one piece of earth where I grew up that was not paved ground. It was all concrete. I thought we were the white man that, like, got rid of all these fucking animals. Didn't we just decimate everything? Where, where did these wild animals come from? Right? I thought the Indians complained that we, we, you know, we destroyed everything. Didn't the highways, you know, you know right? <laughs> so finally, 
two weeks. I, I told him, I go, look, I'm reaching the point where I don't give a fuck what you do. You got to go in there with flamethrowers. I don't care. <laughs> Send in like little baby ninja commando raccoons. I don't give a fuck. Just get them out of there. So he puts this trap. And he's like, well, Sal, we got to wait for him to come out. And then when he comes out, he's got to go in and, and they're very territorial. And once they urinate in there, and then my wife hears that, and she's like, oh, my God, we got to repaint now because there's going to be urine in the ceiling. Like, hey, I'm not worried about urine in the ceiling. Trust me. Angel Medina's small enough to go in there. Let me call him. Let me send him in there. You know, dressed as a raccoon. A female with lipstick raccoon and draw him out. I don't give a shit. I don't care. You know, when you get desperate, you start thinking of crazy shit, you know? So I'm like, can't we drill a hole where it's that little fiber optic camera, you know, like in those spy movies and we shoot gas in there? Can't we do he's, he's looking at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. So... You know, I live. We live in, in in 2007, and the way to get a raccoon out now is you just gotta wait for him to come out. That's what the guy tells me. <laughs> oh, he can live off his winter fat. I'm like, great. If he's like me, he'll be up there for five years. <laughs> <laughs> so finally, this fucking thing comes out, and I go out to get the paper one morning, and I go, look at this guy. There's like this this 60 pound looking. It's covered with you know mud and you know like uh, the 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 insulation all over it and he's just you know and i'm like son of a bitch it was the ugliest nastiest thing i've ever seen in my life and i'm like get it out of here he's like well what do you want me to do with it i'm like i don't care what you do with him just get him out of here you know <laughs> take him away you know <laughs> the super bowl's a little bit overkill people use it as an excuse to you know have parties and stuff but i actually watched the game which is what pisses me off because, you know, my wife will invite her girlfriends over and they turn it into a Super Bowl party slash one-year-old baby christening oh, and shit geez. like that. I'm like, hey, guys, guys, there's a game on. You're you're singing happy birthday to a one-year-old. Their brain isn't attached to their body yet. They don't know what's going on. <laughs> Can we watch the game, please? And, and, and you know, it's bad enough. You know, I just got rid of the raccoons. Now I got to sing, one, you know, to a one-year-old, I'm singing Bird Happy Birthday, you know. <laughs> and they're not going to know whether I was here or not. <laughs> now, you could set mannequins up, and they'd go, hey, look who's here. And they'd think they had a great party when they were one. Well, speaking of your kids, you were, Sal was asking me about uh, Clara earlier today, because he said the last time he talked to you, you were going nuts. Yeah, it's uh, marginally it better. Baby? Yeah, she cries a lot. Hey, I told you before, that's what happens when you get drunk at a Molly Hatchet concert. <laughs> what? <laughs> you wind up pregnant uh, with a baby. <laughs> oh, Lord. These youngins, you gotta, you, you, you got to bring your references up a little bit, Sal. These, <laughs> these youngins are, aren't catching I'm sorry, 38 special. <laughs> 38 special. <laughs> There's a big jump forward. Oh, 38 special. I'm a lover boy. Everybody's working for the weekend, Working for baby. the weekend. Turn me loose. My brother used a fog hat reference the other day. Oh, hey, hey. Is he a fool for the city? Slow hey, Jesus you know what? Christ. The, uh, fog hat. Hey. I was like, man, you really got to. I mean, that's like one you got to like look back at. Sal. Dick Clark and ask him about fog hat. Sal, I used to work with the wife of the drummer from fog hat. Jeez. He lives right here in Birch County. Did she County. kill herself from humiliation or, or <laughs> did she just jump? 
Well, she was no. she was a wild woman. I think she no, was a big partier back minutes, in the day. That's for sure, Foghead. You know. Yeah, they live actually. They live right behind my aunt and uncle. So. Okay. Hey, you know, they're, they're, I'm sure they're still making getting checks for that Foghead Live album. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> oh, this Flow Ride's probably in a lot of commercials. Well, yeah, right. yeah. Flow Ride. Oh God. Sometimes I hear that shit and I go, man, I had that album. <laughs> Everybody's got that one, you know, that one album that they look back and go, man, I paid money for that album. <laughs> Shit, you know. What was I thinking when I paid, you know, because my wife is, is 10 years younger than me, so I'll point stuff out or sometimes and she'll go, oh, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was three. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, oh. Man, do I feel old. <laughs> Holy shit. Like, oh, never mind, you know. One of those things where I and everybody gets it, you know, at one point in your life, and hopefully, at the, but I mean, you will scratch your ass in public. That's all I'm going to tell you. You get to you all, and it happened to me this year at San Diego, so bad that I swear to God, guys, I had to go to the doctor at San Diego, wow. where I checked up. I checked, and you'll tell anybody because you don't care. You're in so much pain that you're not embarrassed by it. You're like, I don't care. What are they going to do to me? They're going to laugh at me. That's nothing compared to my ass hurting. <laughs> So I go to the front desk and I go, hey, uh, do you guys got a, like a doctor, an emergency doctor? And she goes, why? What's wrong with you? I go, I don't know, but my ass is killing me. <laughs> my ass is right now. It's like, you know, someone used my ass for a subway. That's all I <laughs> <say."> <laughs> I was at the, the D train. It's okay. like somebody jammed a hairbrush in your ass is what it feels like. Jesus. Wow. So I go and she goes. Well, you know, she kind of is trying to be serious. She goes, well, do you want to go see him or do you want him to come and see you? And I go, I don't give a shit if he's at his daughter's prom. I got to go. I, I got to go right now. You know, so this, you know, they have this guy calls me up, this Pakistani guy calls me up, and he goes, what's wrong with you? And I go, my ass is killing me. That's all I could tell you. He goes, well, well, when you sit down on a toilet, is there anything hanging out? Oh. And I go, what the fuck are you talking about? He goes, by your asshole, is there anything hanging out? I go, like what? What the fuck are you talking about? Blow out your O-ring. Yeah, and I'm like, no, there's nothing hanging out. And he goes, okay, well, then it's something inside. You got to do this, you got to do that. And he calls and he gets me these pre prescription suppositories. Oh, yeah, that I had no clue what the oh. hell they were. You go pick them up and they look like bullets. They're like little <laughs> flare bullets. So I think I'm like going after a werewolf when he gives me these <laughs> So I'm sharing rooms with Simone now, mind you. Like I don't have enough misery in my life. <laughs> and his one Right? The pain in the ass references go on forever at this point. So I go pick these things up and now you gotta like sit in the in the waiting room at like Ralph's Market in San Diego. And then, you know, the little Asian lady yells out suppositories for Abenanti. And every, all the, the, everybody over 60 looks like, what's he doing here? <laughs> so you get back, and then you've got to, you know, like self-inserted medicine. You've got to take care of these things on your own, which is oh. nice. So. so now you start farting, making noises you're, you never knew, like, could be created on, on this earth. <laughs> because your muscle, you know, it's like a tuba that you stuck a sock in. You know, is what happens after this time. You know what I'm saying? You roll up, it's like rolling up a tortilla and putting it in a flute and then blowing it. That's what my ass sounds like at this time. Jesus. 
And now I got to go to the con, and you're trying to, you, you know, while you're talking, it's like there's shit going. You know, you you got like, yeah, okay, guys, no, hey, oh, I'm good. It's crazy. No wonder you were, you seemed yeah. like you were oh, so uptight. Oh, guys, uh, at San Diego, I, Meryl Streep's got nothing on me, man. That was an <laughs> Academy Award that I was feeling. Okay. You notice I was never sitting down usually. Yeah, definitely. Sitting down is pain, you know. You should have just told us that. Look, I got problems with my ass. Go away. Well, you know, and then and then you know, and then that's the beautiful part is I finally told my friend Chris. I go, Chris, I got to get out of here. I got to go. I got to go to the doctor. I, I I can't take this anymore. He's like, Well, go. I'll set up and go. And I go, All right, I'll I'll go and I'll come back. So I'm going, and then he we had a, we rented a van because we had to go pick up some stuff. We had to go pick up a couple crates, you know, one at the airport, and we had to go pick up some of that furniture that we bought, you know, from like Office Max. So he's in the van. We got this other guy that works for us. So I'm walking right down the gas lamp at like 12 in the afternoon. And I'm walking, mind you now, like I just got raped in prison. <laughs> where your knees are together. I'm walking like I'm one of those mules at the airport that's got balloons with heroin. <laughs> I don't want it to fall out. So I'm walking real slow. And driving by, the one guy thinks he's being, you know, he yells out the window at the top of his lungs, Hey, Sal, how's your ass? <laughs> and I'm like, what do you want me to say at this point? You know, <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, she named her kid Apple. Fantastic. What am I supposed to say? <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Oh, great. She moved to she moved to the, uh, Europe and she talks shit about the U.S. now. What do you want from me? Yeah. I give it to her, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah! It all comes I'll back to her. You see her in what is it? Shallow Hell. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Pack a lunch. Sure. <laughs> hey. Be there all night. Sure. Give it to her in a headlock. You know what I mean? <laughs> Would there oh, be a little man. bit of, what was it, carrying the jack-o'-lantern? <laughs> yeah, ca- the stealing the pumpkin. Stealing the pumpkin. stealing the pumpkin, yeah. And a little Lawrence of, Lawrence 90, of Arabia. Or 99, you know, I call it. You just got your hands over your head. So you got you got to look one up. I'm not going to repeat it on the show because it just goes somewhere we don't want. But you got to look up the Angry Dragon, and that's all I'm going to say. Angry Dragon. I like Doctor Zhivago. Oh, I don't. favorite one. <laughs> you just got your hands on your hips. Is all I'm going to say. <laughs> no, I mean those poses don't get numbers and don't get titles, and they should be given titles. I mean, you know, an oral oral needs a title, needs a number, and it doesn't have one. <laughs> We were just, t- I was just telling someone about stealing the pumpkin and the Lawrence of Arabia yesterday. It's so yeah. funny you brought it up, yeah. Lawrence of Arabia is a good pose. Yeah. And with the remote in one hand, it's even better. <laughs> or a comic book. <laughs> well, let's not overdo it. You know? <laughs> it's a comic, and then I run into the Twinkie ad right at the time. The last show I did, all the girls were either engaged or married, except for a few of them. And one was a lesbian. And one was a lesbian. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay, because that doubles your chances of, like, threesomes when you go out with lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> I went out with a le- I lived with the last... Oh, shit, my wife's in the And I swear to God, all they want to do is make sandwiches. And you're like, look... Some of these girls you're bringing home, their asses look like the buttons off a leather coat. I don't want to be anywhere near this shit. <laughs> Simone. Yep. Okay, we're we're here. Okay, so I I I'm I, I'm assuming that I'm not gonna have the chance to talk to Sal in person. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We're gonna bring Sal on in a few minutes here. Just in a few minutes? 
Well, I mean, yeah, about what? About 15 minutes yeah, just or so? Yeah, just because we wanted to... We wanted to... Oh, beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Okay. We wanted to make it a surprise. Before, he doesn't know... That yeah, he... trust me. It's going it's, it's to be a big surprise this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to dump the motherfucker in here like... Oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I was shocked because... Um, I want to tell you the truth, guy. I, I, I worked the whole day as usual, like 10, 11 hours, and I was really tired. And I, and I said, you know what, I'm going to drop Peter an email and, and let him know that I'm not going to make it. But then I went to the website, and I started listening to the last episode. The number is uh, 222, the last one where Seth was in. Right, right, right. All right. And and then I I I just heard the whole episode and, and almost at the end of, of of the episode, he was talking so much shit about me, <laughs> about about my speedo and the way I smell the show, and it was and it was no I can't believe this and he said it like a brother to me and I can't believe he was talking shit like this. <laughs> And so I had to, to to give him something in return, you know, something really bad. I, I don't, you know, we we don't know what's going to happen when we get Sal on the phone. So we should let people know, you know, obviously this is Simone Bianchi, and he's currently on Wolverine right now, and your stuff is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Oh, I think so. Thank you so much. Hey, Sal. Going on, guys? How's your night going hey. so far? Going okay, man. It's, I'm just, it's nice to be home. Yeah, you were you were away for a while there. I was gone for man two of the longest weeks of my life. I got to tell you. But were they prosperous and fun? And they were well, you know the the first one was was nice. You know the 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 New York show, the comic show was cool, but the second one, Art Expo, was terrible. It was it was just it was a, it was kind of a new thing that I decided to try because of taking on way more of these guys than I really got the um, manpower to handle. And it just was just a dry hump. It was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. And Art Expo is just super expensive, and it's just a lot of, you know, tight asses walking around. And, you know, I felt like Fred Flintstone when they made him king, and he just didn't fit in, you know. But the con was fun, and, and Alice Ross. That was awesome. I mean, I, I shared rooms with Simone, so that's always a good time, you know. That's bullshit! <laughs> Gotcha. How the fuck did you manage to get this guy on the phone? <laughs> That's Listen, bullshit. We didn't share. Listen, we didn't share a room at all. First of all, I want to know a question. How in the fuck did you manage to walk around with a straight face with the three Wolverine scars on your forehead? <laughs> Haircut. How the fuck did that work? That was great, actually. We had a good time, man. Me and this guy. We had a great time. We had a great time. We really did. We had a great time, but we didn't share the room at all. You have to be to be honest about this. Uh, you were in, well, I didn't share a room because they were my rooms. You shared one of my rooms, <laughs> how we should put it. Okay. But it's the first time that Simone was introduced to running water, so it was a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> we should say, <laughs> I, I kind of, uh, by chance, uh, listened to the last episode you uh, uh, recorded with these guys. 
Right. And I saw you were a friend of mine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything because it's just basically about everybody butts at everybody's balls. So what do you want me to say? <laughs> Now, I thought you were a fan of mine, and I discovered that you were talking the biggest, I mean, the, the worst. You were talking shit on my back, and I, I'm really disappointed in you so much. Oh, listen, come on. All of a sudden, you're so sensitive. Okay. Give, me a, give me a fucking break. All of a sudden, okay. you're so fucking sensitive. Well, this is the guy who shit on my bed, and I'm supposed to suck. <laughs> I shit on your bed? I remember you shitting on my pillow anywhere in my house. You know? You're going to stand there, and you're going to tell me with a straight face that you did not sit on my bed and leave a skid mark. <laughs> yes, maybe I did. <laughs> you did not get off my bed and leave, and leave a lightning bolt on my bed when you got up. <laughs> no, no, that's not a bullshit. So, all right, let, let's back up. First of all, while while I don't know if I should be pissed or disappointed or this was, I feel like I feel like the guy in The Godfather who got shot in the head in the restaurant here. <laughs> you know, it just was a it just was a last minute thing, and and you know who knew if Simone could do it because it's so early over there right now. But uh, yeah, we thought it'd be a, a nice. Uh, you know, just in case you miss, you know, you were missing him from seeing him in New York. I, I always, I miss Simone more every day. You have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Has this guy been on the show like before, and you guys have been listening to his bullshit, or is it he well, just come we, on and just have he was just me? he was just on for about fifteen minutes before you, and and he he told us that he listened to the episode. He told us that honestly, he said that you know he he. You were the guy that introduced him and in, in, into all these companies, and then he also told us that uh, you farted on his pillow at his home. <laughs> I, did, I did probably shit on his pillow. That's probably well. You see, my ass is like a tuba, so farting on a pillow. Is <laughs> I just spent two weeks in a hotel room with two hillbillies from Fremont, Ohio, so I can't be violated any more than I've already been violated. You know, you know, guys, the two guys that work with me, Chris and the other guy, Justin. Uh -huh. I don't know I don't know two people who don't have vaginas that are more of a bigger pain in the ass than these two guys, honest to God. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a 12-month menstrual cycle with these two. They're just always on something. So they're from the middle of fucking nowhere. I mean, there's not even a star that represents where they live yet uh, in the, on the American flag. That's how fucked up it is where they live. <laughs> They're still like in Indian territory, is all they call it. <laughs> so, we're in New York City now. We're, we're driving from, from the Javits Center, and we're going across town, and so this lady kind of walks out into the street, and the cab driver swerves around her, and he almost hits her. So, I'm sitting in the back seat, and I'm just like, wow, you know, that's, that, that must happen to you a lot, driving a cab in New York. You know, there's a lot of, you know, I'm trying to make, you know, somewhat intelligent conversation with this guy. Out of the blue, one of these NASA scientists that works for me goes, Yeah, the other night on the way home from work, I almost hit a cow. <laughs> now, how in the moment, Alan Moore on acid couldn't make a connection between a hitting a cow in Fremont, Ohio, to a guy who drives a cab in New York City. <laughs> He's trying to relate with this guy, right? Like the cab driver's supposed to go, yeah, you and I are like kin now because you almost hit a cow. 
in the middle of nowhere, and I almost hit a lady crossing the street on 42nd Street in Manhattan, you know. <laughs> well, I'm looking around. He looks at me at this point thinking that I'm with these guys. You know, like we just came, like they were having bull riding at the Javits Center, and we just got off work or something. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know, uh, and I just kind of looked at him, I go, you guys really don't realize how fucked up you are, and that nobody gives a shit about that stuff, do you? Sal, you uh, you dropped a bit of news on us at the oh, dinner yes. in New York. Uh, can we can we talk about that? Yeah, yeah my wife is uh, going to have a baby in uh, August. We're excited, and I don't know what I'm going to do when it happens, but uh, I'll deal with when it gets here, you know. Now, I'll tell you, when I went to get, I went to, when I was in New York, I went to get my wife a purse at Prada. Oh, my God. On Fifth <laughs> Avenue, when I almost, that was another time I almost shit my pants. I, I've been to New York so many times now, and every time I come back, I always bring my wife the same shit that I figured I got to bring her something nice because she's going to have the baby. So I'm shopping around looking for something nice, and, you know, the Boba Fett dolls and all that don't cut it anymore. <laughs> I'm giving her all the Alex Ross originals I possibly could. You know, like, she doesn't want those, so that doesn't work. <laughs> and, so I said, let me go get her a purse. You know, let me go get her a real Prada purse. Because, you know me, I'm a big shot now. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll go get her a purse. So maybe I was hanging around Bill Sienkiewicz too long, and, and some of the, the bong resin rubbed off. Because when I got, I get up on Fifth Avenue, I go into Prada, and you go in this place, and it's like a Stanley Kubrick movie. There's just all white, and then there's just one purse on a counter. Clockwork <laughs> orange when you go into Prada. Yeah. It's a real experience. So I go in, and I'm looking around, and I only got like four purses. So I'm playing it stupid like I'm a heavy hitter. You know, I'm walking in, and, you know, you know my, uh, my Sin City T-shirt didn't give it away too much. <laughs> I go up. So I go up to the counter, and I'm going, hi, how are you, how you doing? And the guy's like, yeah, hey, hey, how are you, good. So I says, yeah, how much on that one? So he goes, 36.40. And I thought there's some kind of a of sick code, or maybe like I went into like a bad acid trip from high school or something. I go, 36.40. Well, it's not $3, and then it's not 360 because there's an extra zero there. So then I, it, it just all of a sudden the light went on that it was four grand for a purse. And that was the cheap one. You know, they got the other one that's like six grand for a purse. Six grand, yeah. $6,000. So I thought to myself, I said, Jesus Christ, that's more than my 72 cutlass that I bought when I was in high school. <laughs> and that came with the Pioneer Super Tuner with the Journey tape in it. So, <laughs> so I said, there's got to be some ass connected to this purse for me to spend that kind of money. You know? Maybe he was coming along with an Alex Rose. Yeah. Uh, serious reach around or something for me to go buy a purse for that kind of dough. I mean, it would have to turn into Caligula. He'd have to lock the door, and it would have to turn into, like, you know, some kind of sick, twisted orgy real fast for me to drop that kind of loot. So I just said, you know what, let me bounce it around for a while, and I'll think about it, and I walked out. So, And there's nothing special about it. I mean, it's, there really isn't. I mean, it's, it's just it's a Prada bag. And then it's like, and then I thought to myself, wait a minute, I still got furniture and all this other shit to buy for this little bastard. I can't afford a $4,000 purse right now, you know. My wife's looking at changing tables, whatever the hell those things are. <laughs> a little changing bag and all that stuff. And a I'm changing like, hey, table? Changing yeah. table is where you lay the kid to change the bag. My mother just hung us out the window and let the air, you know, let our ass air dry, you know, and now they got a little table for it.
I just I just decided, you know, I'm going to take it easy because we're full. We're in like the full gear up for the baby mode now. We're doing the baby thing here, and we've got to, you know. I mean, have you guys ever been to this place called Babies Are Us? Oh, oh yes, yeah. yeah. This is something out of a fucking Fellini movie. I'm telling you, <laughs> this, is, this is not. This is this is the most unholy place that they can ever. I mean, they're they're like you want to talk about where they're. St- it's like an one of those Aztec things where they're like still, you know, cutting the throats of goats and shit and throwing babies into volcanoes. This is not a good place. I mean, my wife. It's the land of the six hundred dollar strollers. You know, Hummer makes a stroller, and Jeep no, makes a stroller. It's all about the boogaboo. They got so. one that looks like the little ship from, you know, Lost in Space, if you want it. It's, it's two aisles of nipples. It's just not good. That don't do much anything. That don't do anything, yeah. The, the, there's two. There's an aisle of diaper dandies where you throw the dirty diapers, and, and, you know, you walk in, and it's like a Kubrick thing where there's a giant baby faces everywhere you look. <laughs> You know, and the lady, you know, there's only one lady at a counter all the way by the door, and it's all white everywhere you look. Everything's white. And you're like, Jesus Christ, what did I get myself and it's got involved that, with here? It's got that sickening smell, that baby yep. smell, and oh. No, and then everything, it, it's, it's, it's like a big scam because nothing, you buy a crib, it doesn't come with a mattress. Oh. And she's like, well, you know, it doesn't come with the bumpers or the lamp. Or the, uh, you know, the linen. And you're like, what, what, are you, what the fuck are you talking about? What's a bumper? <laughs> uh, you learn these words that they just create for you to, like, get you to buy it. And I'm like, I used to read National Geographic. Didn't they just wrap the kid in, like, a paper towel and lay him on the floor? <laughs> it's all about safety now, Sal. Is that what it is? Uh, and then you got to register. And your wife wants you to sit there with her. The red- And I'm like, what are you yeah. talking about? I don't even know what the fuck I need to just- if there's no eternal back issues on there, I don't know what to tell you to order. <laughs> if there's no barely legal volume one through twelve on there, I can't tell you what to order. You know, because you know a guy named Simone bought the last six copies. Yeah. <laughs> how, how's your how's you, how are you dealing with your wife and the transformation that is pregnancy? Well, the playground's closed. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> so it's like you know that, that, I don't know what that means because you know, um, shit I'm gonna get in trouble for that one. Uh, <laughs> so you know you're like it's you're like roommates again, you know, which is nice because I could just she doesn't have as much leverage on me as she used to have. You know? <laughs> she can't run as fast, and she can't use that martial arts shit on me anymore because her stomach's in the way. But it's hard, man. She sleeps a lot. That's all, you know, that's that's one of the things. And she's getting to where um, I've registered for Chicago uh, for Artist Alley, you know, for Atomica. And it's the weekend. She's due that weekend. So we got in a huge fight about that. And how could I go to a con the weekend she's having the kid? And I'm like, well, that's, those due dates are like just... They're like that little knob on the toaster that tells you what what shade it's going to be. It's not real. It doesn't work. It's <laughs> the due date is like they just the guy just goes, eh, let's let, let's say the middle of August. That sounds good. And so I'm like, I'm, I've been going to the, to Chicago con since the 70s for Christ's sake, and I'm not going to not go because some sawbone tells me my kid is going to be born that day. 
So if I'm there and I'm, you know, in Artist Alley, you know, bullshitting in the quarter box and the phone rings, I'll come meet you at the hospital, you know, no big deal. But I'm not going to, like, you know, stop everything and be like, what am I going to be like, Dick Van Dyke, sleep with my clothes on and all the rest of that shit or what? You know, <laughs> you know? come on. You know, and then, of course, you know, there's the anxiety of, of no sex. So I'm I'm back to good friends with the I know the Koreans first name again at the corner at the video oh. store so that's good <laughs> hey listen you know you don't masturbate in a while you lose those skills you know I mean there are skills you lose at your chops I mean I was good I had it down to you know when I was younger shit three a day and you know you rub one out and now I'm like I don't know what I'm doing anymore you know because when you're, you know, you're married, you're like, all right, look, there's certain have-tos in my life, you know, like, well, I don't want to do, well, listen, you know what percentage of my life is what I want to do versus what I have to do? Okay, oral is in that category, all right? So, well, I don't feel like it doesn't fit into the frame of my life anymore for either of us. It just happens. That's how it goes. But now when you're pregnant, you got that note from the principal saying you can go home and sit and watch I Love Lucy all day while everybody's at school. So I'm sitting here and you wake up, you know, you wake up with a club in your hand every morning because, you know, this little bundle of joy is on the way. So, uh, and I, and I, yeah, okay, great. I understand all that procreation shit. What about me? You know, you're, you're, you become, I'm like Ted Bundy when I drive around. I stop at a light. I'm like, oh, look at her. She's got to be how old? What about 60? Jeez, look at that. I tapped that. <laughs> oh, uh, it's, 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 so you want to know why, I, Peter, why I sound like an asshole? There you go, I said it. He's why back I sound up. like a jag-off? Okay, you know, I'm going to need all of you in the trial. That's all I'm going to say. I'm staying off the subject of my ass, this conversation. Right? You know, I always seem to go in that direction, you know. But I did find that at, at uh, Babies R Us, they have the Huggy Wipe Warmer, which was interesting. Yeah. Yes, it's and so... I'm like, okay, so not a kid needs you to warm those huggy things before you wipe them. Huh? So you when don't did wake this them shit up. start? I'm like, even like Yul Brenner in the Ten Commandments doesn't have shit like that. So I told him, I said, you guys have everything in here except my invention, which is one of those screamer helmets. I want a helmet called the screamer, which is when they cry, you put it on them. It's like a NASA helmet, and you can't hear them scream. The cone of silence. Yeah. Like those diver's bells. Yeah, yeah. It's like, even better. Yeah, one of them diving helmets. Put them in that, and then shut it, and it's got oxygen, and he's safe. But I need to get some sleep. You know, reruns of Starsky and Hutch are coming on in a half an hour. I want to watch the fucking thing. I mean, I like to, to party as the next year, but every time I go to the bar, they want to start doing shots. And I'm like, all right, guys, the, anybody who's, first of all, anybody who's got to get up after 2 in the afternoon, you're out of the picture of giving me a hard time. Because most of these guys don't even get up. Like, Buzz wasn't even going to the con a lot of days. There, there's a perfect one for you. He's yelling at me why I'm not partying with them. And I'm like, Buzz, did you go to the con today? He's like, no, we were hanging out at the pool. And I'm like, great. So in other words, you could just sleep whenever. Get up and, you know, watch porn and then, you know, chant and then, you know, go back to the bar. <laughs> and then you go, you walk by the son of a bitch and he's like, hey, we're doing Patron, you know, we're doing shots of tequila. And I'm like, 
You know, I haven't fucking used the bathroom today yet because I've been standing there smiling and grinning at all these assholes all day. <laughs> you know, and then and then you're you know when you got a booth, you become like the fucking locker station at Greyhound. Everybody's like, hey, can I leave this here? Can I leave that there? And now it's like. There's people that I, I like to help out, but when you say yes in front of people you don't like, now you're screwed, you know? Like you guys, perfect example. <laughs> Love to help you out because I know what a colossal pain it is, pain in the ass it is to carry shit around that con, you know, especially San Diego, which is the worst one to have to lug shit. But then I get, like, my brother-in-law and his wife and, hey, can we leave our cookie jars back here? And, and you know, we, we bought 400 fucking Jar Jar Bings glasses. Can we leave them back here? And I'm like, hey, guys, what is this? You know, I, I, it's like I'm not running a soup kitchen back here. We, we, I'm tripping over shit and going, who's it? Who, what is this? Whose R2-D2 mailbox is this? <laughs> And they're going, oh, a guy who said he knew you said it was okay. And I'm like, I did? I'm like, the fuck is this? So, you know, you, you, then I'm walked back to the hotel, and when I get out of the con, I got one thing on my mind, food. That's it. I want to eat. Because the food at the con, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, the $60 cookie, $22 for a Coke, and, you know, the, the, the three transvestites that I run the booth with complain about the food all day and you know me I'll eat the ass out of a goat when I'm hungry I don't care you know these three fucking Liberace impersonators that I work with we're going where for lunch oh I don't know that's a little too it, it works you know you're like guys guys I just need to eat something here well why does it always have to be a fucking two-hour discussion I mean Trying to get lunch at my booth is like picking a child in Cambodia that you're going to adopt. That's how these guys are. And I go, just whatever. A burger, whatever. I'm sending my nephew to get food. And I turn around and I'm like, why are you still here? He's like, because uh, Chris wanted to look at the menu again. He wasn't sure what it was. I'm like, what fucking menu? What are you talking about? This is like high school cafeteria food we're talking about here, you know? I'm like, I just need food. So 8 o'clock runs around, and I've had, like, a, a, a bag of corn nuts and, uh, you, know, you know, and, like, a piece of cotton candy I found on the floor. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, something I stole from some Someone left half a hot dog laying on the table. I ate that, you know. I want to go eat. And these guys are like, hey, we want you to come over here and meet this guy. He just came from, uh, I don't know, somewhere, and he's got a book about a Pakistani guy that runs a 7-Eleven. I'm like, exciting, great. Let's fucking go eat, guys. That's all I want to hear when I leave San Diego. Uh, well, hopefully we get to see you on the convention. I mean, yeah, we'll, you know, we'll I see hope you, you guys can make it out. I mean, it's, I think with all the movie stuff we got this summer, it'll be crazy. Yeah. We got What do we got this summer? We got like three superhero movies fantastic four transformers Spidey. what did you guys think of spidey i didn't see it but you can i it loved it yeah Meh. best one yet Meh. 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 they're all nuts no. sal don't listen to them they're all nuts Meh. all right it's worth that i'm still trying to figure out why people are so hot over that snaggle tooth what's her face kirsten <laughs> thank you thank you no i mean it's a bigger stretch that that 
you know, forget about, you know, it's like, what's a higher percentage? Let me see. Okay, a guy getting bit by a spider becomes a superhero. Oh, that's pretty believable. Her working in New York as a model, that's the part I can't fucking wrap my mind around. I mean, come on. That broad looks like every fucking cheesy hillbilly bitch I went to high school with. I'm sorry. She looks like Susie Rottencrotch, that broad that I went to high school with. No, I see her, and I'm like, eh, you know. Some broads you see, and you go, man, look at that. This one is not one of those, man, look at that. This one's like, yeah, all right. You know, but no big deal. You know, it's not like one of those ones you see, you go, wow, what a fucking Watusi. You know, like when you watch Telemundo and shit, where you stop. Fuck. What the fuck is in the water down in Mexico? You flip. And I'm stopping, and I'm watching that Benny Hill-looking guy. And my wife's like, why are you watching Spanish TV? Well, I want the multilingual, honey. I'm watching Spanish, you know. And, <laughs> and you're watching it, and you're going, what the fuck? Everybody's all swollen. <laughs> And then, I, and then you flip the Kirsten Dunst, and I'm like, all these guys are killing themselves and doing shit. He's fighting Sandman, worrying about the ring and all the rest of that shit. Take her for coffee. What's the problem? Fuck. This guy, like, you know, he's, this guy's got all these powers of a spider, and he's worried about that skank. Who cares? <laughs> Listen, you're a superhero. You can pretty much have any ass you want. That's how I look at it. <laughs> And get away with it. What is she going to do? Where have you been, asshole? It's late. I mean, come on. I, well, I'm sorry, honey. I, you know, I was fighting, you know, what's his face? You know, Kingpin was kicking my ass. I couldn't make it home in time for fucking American Idol. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but I see this broad. No tits. She's got a mouth like a bowl of cashews. Those those choppers she's got. I mean, she looks like the abominable snowman in Rudolph with those fucking teeth she's got. And she's got, no, it is. She's got, a, like, she's got, like, teeth like an old graveyard. You know, one goes left, right, up, broken, down. The top jaw is supposed to be over the bottom jaw, not the other way around. You know what I mean? She looks like Iron Giant, that fucking jaw. When I was a lifeguard, one... 75 pounds ago, when I looked like a human being, um, my, friend, my friend used to have parties when his parents would go out of town. So he would have these, you know, just basically a bunch of people, you know, over drinking and destroying his house for a week. And, you know, you, you, you're drinking, everybody's getting drunk. And so I hooked up with this one girl that was there, and she was one of these um, hippie types who would get high with her parents. You know, she was very, they were very hippie, they were very liberal types. Her father was like the photographer from Apocalypse Now, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, we're at a place and we're having a good time and everything's going along. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's a, should I, well, you know, we're, we're in there fooling around, everything's going well. I get up in the middle of the night because I had to, to piss like a maniac. And we were down in this rec room that she had. So down in the rec room, you got these bathrooms that are the size of phone booths. You know, like they make them. It's just a toilet and a half a sink. Right. I'm standing there, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm taking a piss. And on top of the toilet is a bowl of these little rose-shaped soaps. And so, you know, I'm, ha I'm just plastered at this point. So I start poking at these soaps, and I knock the bowl over, you know, these soaps, and they go all over the floor. So 
I get down on my hands and knees, and I'm bare-ass naked. I get down on my hands and knees, and I'm picking these soaps up, and a bunch of them went behind the toilet. So I'm reaching way underneath the toilet to pick these things up. Now, mind you, I'm locked in here like a, like a, cat, you know, a cow that's going in to get slaughtered at this point. And you know that little piece of skin between your ass hole and your balls? Okay? It's, all of a sudden, I feel like a, a piece of cold bologna licked me right there. And it was this fucking poodle she had. So I jumped six feet into the air. Only I got a toilet over my head. So I banged my head on the toilet, and I knocked myself unconscious. So now I'm out. I'm out cold, laying on the floor, and the father wakes me up the next morning. Going, hey man, are you okay? And I didn't even—I didn't even know she had a dog. I'm like, I didn't know what it was. All I remember was this little salty, cold piece of bologna, you know, licking me right in this little. I mean, this, this guy threw a strike. This is like one out of a thousand that he hit this spot right between my ass and my balls. All the best stories are about somebody else's pain. That's uh, all yeah, right. But anyway, the thought of poodle the next day, and he looked like he had a good time. <laughs> he had the snot, the snot coming out of his eyes, and he was sitting on the couch panting. <laughs> Smoking a cigarette? <laughs> Smoking a cigarette. I don't know what happened after that. I was out. No. Oh, 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 he took a man. I was knocked unconscious. Some other story, something with your ass out the window? Oh, uh, we'll save that one for the next uh, time. Next okay. time. Well, the ass out the window story is, is one of those, yeah, that, that, that needs a setup, and that, that's like a, there's a documentary attached to that. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good 15-minute adventure, that one. Yeah, that, that's, more of a, that's more of a survival thing. You had, you you had know, John. Like, basically, it's like me locking you in a room and saying, you can't shit in a toilet, find somewhere to go, and you got about... 90 seconds to do it in. <laughs> is that in Saw 3? Yeah, all I'm going to say is that 
If, if you've never taken physics in high school, if you shit out a window, it will not break. It'll just keep coming out like a like in, you know, Play-Doh Fun Factory. It'll just come out straight out. I mean, you'll have like a, like a 20-foot noodle coming out of your ass, and it'll never stop. You know, in a toilet, it breaks because you've got about nine inches, and it hits water, and then it just, you know, your ass says, hey, it hits something, and it breaks right off. <laughs> But if you're, you stick your ass out a window, it'll look like those things on the side of Princess Leia's head. It'll just start curling. Is that like, like a shit Rapunzel? Yeah. No, really. I mean, if someone's, if someone's walking down the street, they go, Jesus Christ, you know. Like, like a window weight. Look at the loops on that son of a bitch. You know? So this shit wouldn't break. And I'm shaking my ass, and it's just turning into, like, all kinds of taffy. You know? And it's, it's January in Chicago, so it's steaming now. So I'm getting the steam coming up in that direction. So. Yeah, it was... It, was, it made a good... It froze. It looked like a sombrero the next day. Stop it, can't breathe! The entire room is in, is in tears. You know, it's like people kill me because... I try to get guys to tell their best. <laughs> listen, I, you know, and sometimes get really pissed off, but I'm like, listen, you know, we're all, you know, it's like everybody at one time or another in their life has had to take a shit outside, you know, because you've just gotten caught somewhere. You've gotten stuck or you couldn't get a bath, you know. And it's like it's funny, to, you know, to hear what happens to people because it's happened to everybody. Yeah. And a lot of guys are like, oh, no. I want, you know, and I'm like, oh, come on. You know, what's the big deal? Yeah, I've been there, done that. Yeah. Not out of window, yeah. but, you know. <laughs> Come on, I worked construction for 21 years. Yeah, it could be liberating when you, know, you shit your pants a couple times. <laughs> oh, Peter knows all about that. Peter knows that, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's one story we told everybody as they came into the group. The human yeah, storm. You gotta, you know, I remember, you know, like some guys would really get like, oh, cut it all, stop it. They'll get all serious. And you're like, oh, you know, stop. Grow up. They're probably the worst ones. Yeah, yeah you're right. <laughs> They're habitual pant shitters. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, when I, was, when I was a bartender, I mean, I had to keep rubber bands at the end of my pants like so the shit wouldn't come out. Oh. Oh. You, know, you just kick a Snickers under the bar. And <laughs> oh. like, what? I just finally got the breeze. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I mean, under a bar, who's going to know the difference? You know, you just, Snickers you know, it's like, come on. I'm going to bring an oxygen tank next time. Right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, you just say, I gotta, you got to go, you got to go. Kick the Snickers. <laughs>